In the previous episode... When the sun is at the horizon, goes into your eyes and wakes you up slowly. And you need that light, particularly through the winter months, if the sun is at a lower rotation, or if you're in Alaska or some other country, Canada, etc. And if that light's not there, then you use another light of 10,000 lumens to boost your eyes and get that suprachiasmic nucleus in the back of the brain, pinpoints of 20,000 neurons each, that then will signal and turn on the rest of the body's correlation, oscillations to get you up and start your day in a compass way. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. Today's episode is part of our extremely important series on sleep. As practitioners, we recognize the importance of sleep on all the body systems, and we know that there are many causes of poor sleeps, and many body systems are impacted when sleep is poor. With today's guest, Dr. Michael Carlfeld, we'll be discussing all of that and offering some strategies to help people improve their sleep using the power of nutrients and herbs. Dr. Carl Felt is a naturopath who runs a busy multidisciplinary integrative medical center. He connects with international leaders in the integrative health arena as a TV, radio, and podcast host. And with his integrative cancer solutions and integrative Lyme solutions podcasts, he features cancer and Lyme disease survivors sharing how they beat cancer and successfully conquered Lyme. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carl Felt. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this subject because it's such a foundational piece when it relates to health. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think from my perspective, I've been in practice for over 30 years and I see people day in and day out that are suffering from sleep problems and they've been suffering from sleep issues for sometimes decades. And it's very bewildering because there's so many things that can affect sleep, right? We want to be able to help people to identify those, right? These people who have tried Ambien and they've tried Valerian and they've tried dark rooms and they may not necessarily have a comprehensive plan, right? So one of the things that I see a lot is some people, many people can fall asleep, but they can't stay asleep. And they wake up at certain times during the night. And I wanted to talk to you about that because I know you've spoken about this in the past about why people like consistently might wake up at certain times of the night. Yeah, and that's a fascinating scenario because when we look at sleep, we always think, what can I take to make me sleepy and drowsy? And then you try herbs like you mentioned, valerian, or maybe you try melatonin or GABA or glycine or passion flower, all these different supplements that are all very beneficial. But the, the issue is that you sometimes need to look a little bit deeper as to what is going on in the body. And And there may be some dysfunction in the body that's actually uh, giving us as to when we are waking up, 
uh, at what time of the day or at what time of the night, it, it may give us a clue as to what's going on with, with our health. And it is fascinating because we have this normal body clock or body rhythm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's called the, the Chinese body clock, which it's pretty much kind of shows how one system feeds into the other and that there's a, like a natural rhythm that the body follows. And then by learning how, you know, when we wake up, we can then see that, you know, maybe it's this organ and maybe I need to support that organ, that system. And, and using then strategies to, to address that and look a little bit deeper into what that is. And I can go through a little bit what that body clock, what it looks like through the whole kind of your sleep cycle. Most people, we tend to and be asleep by at least 11, 11 p.m. or midnight. But that first kind of 11 p.m., you have the gallbladder that's between 11 to 1 a.m. And then between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., you have the liver. And then 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., you have the lung. And then 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., you have the, the colon and the large intestine. So these are the common ones that can then impact your sleep. And if they are not fully functioning the way that they should, uh, they can then interfere with your ability to stay asleep. And both of them are very kind of uh, calming uh, type of energies. You know, they, the liver and gallbladder are what considered you know, a wood element and large intestines and lungs are considered like a metal element. So then there are certain foods that you can then use to support that energy to make sure that they are fed appropriately and you're not eating food that interferes with their function. And then also maybe there are some emotions that, that can be impacting them as well. So yeah, there's a lot that can be done in that area, just kind of knowing when you tend to wake up. I think that's a great starting point because here's the thing, like when people, well, I guess practitioners, we do a history on people. And a lot of times like the, the conventional, like Western medical history tends to be short because of the way the system works, right? You get this 10 minutes with somebody. They're not going to ask you like exactly what times do you wake up and try to analyze that. It's more, do you have insomnia where you can't fall asleep or you have insomnia where you wake up and leave it at that. So I think it's very empowering for us as practitioners to be able to identify, like if somebody is going to sleep and waking up at 3 a.m. consistently or between 3 and 5 a.m. consistently, what does that mean? And is there is there a lung issue that needs to be addressed. Also, when you said, well, the gallbladder liver, right? So the gallbladder starting at 11, most people aren't in bed by 11. If you really look at, at least in the US, I don't know how it is in other countries, but most people aren't. So I'd like to talk at two things. I'd like to talk about like one, how does that impact overall health and gallbladder liver function and detoxification and bile and all that when someone is not even getting to bed until midnight or one o'clock? That's a huge factor because the main detoxification, as you see, you know, the gallbladder liver, I mean, that these are your detoxification organs. And then you have lungs and colon. You know, these are part of two of your eliminatory organs you know, to move right. toxins out of the system. So if you then set yourself up inappropriately and, and cut the gallbladder's ability to function and liver you know, short by getting to bed later, you're then not going to have a, a full ability to detoxify while you're sleeping. So it is good to try to actually 
get to bed even half an hour before that gallbladder shift, so to say. It's going to take a little bit for you to fall asleep, and you want to be in a deep sleep then at by midnight because that then you have also the benefit of all the different hormones, the pineal gland secreting the melatonin. You have the growth hormones that are secreted, and you also have then the detoxification of the brain that's taking place. You know, the melatonin plays a huge part of that with the glymphatic system. So all of these things you are then cut short if you don't take the time, if you if you don't develop that pattern of going to bed at an appropriate time. And obviously, if you don't detoxify appropriately, then these toxins can build up in the lymphatic. The cells are not going to be able to get the nutrients that they need because you know the lymphatic is all clogged up with all these toxins. So it dilutes and the ability for nutrients to be able to transport into the uh, into the cells and the cell wall membranes are going to be inflamed and irritated because it's continually bathed with these toxins. So you, you're right. kind of setting yourself short for creating then early aging inflammatory conditions that drive you know, a lot of the, the autoimmune cancer, all of these age related and chronic diseases that we're dealing with nowadays. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think people really think in terms of that when it's just like, I have a lot to do. My kids don't get to sleep until 10. I've got all this work to do. And we just like drive through. And I don't know that there's enough attention paid to explaining that this horrible epidemic we have of cancer and heart disease and all that, that some of that can be attributed to just like, let's get some sleep and let's get sleep at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a crucial habit to develop. And as I mentioned, as, as I said, I mean, it's the foundation of health. And right now we live in such a sympathetic driven society where we everything is measured in what we achieve and what we do. So we don't recognize the need for the other side of the coin, which is your parasympathetic side, which is where we regenerate, repair, detoxify, and, and so if we don't support that section, mm-hmm. we, the body is going to break down. It's only so long that you can drive a car without appropriate maintenance. It is at some point going to blow a, a gasket. It's going, you know, something is going to happen. And it takes a lot of effort to address it when the body can't compensate anymore. I mean, the body is an amazing piece of machinery. It will give you a lot of effort, a lot of energy to try to help you to do whatever it is that you want to do, but it gets to a point where it breaks down and then it's really hard to, to fix it when it gets to that point. Yeah, that makes total sense. And we need to, we need to fix it before it breaks, not after it breaks, because it's hard to fix it after it breaks. It's easier to prevent. And I always like to use the analogy of, of the car. Like we take better care of our cars for most of us, most people. I'm not saying for me because I'm pretty good about taking care of me, but um, most people are taking better care of their cars than they are of their bodies. And we need to turn yeah. that around because we're not going to find the solution to disease in the pharmaceutical experimentation labs. We're going to find it in the home and in on the dinner plate and, and the, in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. It's just going back to, to basic principles. And we, yeah. we get so wrapped up with fancy supplements and fancy details and, and the newest and the latest 
But this kind of information, it's the lifestyle and the patterns of living have been around for ages. And it's just mm -hmm. reestablishing these sound principles that our body have evolved with. Yeah, so true. So if you're working, going back to the timing, right? So you're working with somebody and they say, I can't stay asleep. I always wake up between, say, 1 and 3 a.m. Where mm -hmm. would you start with that? I mean, you'll think, okay, liver, right? How do you approach that to help them get back into a rhythm? So the liver is one of those that holds a lot of kind of a emotions, a lot of, I mean, obviously it's our, you know, one of our biggest detoxifying organs. And it's interesting that gallbladder is before liver, because if the gallbladder, the flow through the gallbladder bile duct is not open, then how can the liver empty itself? Mm -hmm. You know, if the gallbladder has it kind of cleaned up and done its job. So with liver, you got to look at you know, emotional aspects. You know, am I storing anger? You know, am I impatient, frustration, you know, resentment? Am I impulsive? You know, so these are kind of different emotions that come along with the liver. So you, you need to assess and look at your life. What is it that may be putting me in that place where I feel these emotions and, and really work on fixing that? Liver also has a very tough time with these greasy, rich foods, you know, like a lot of meat, a lot of cheese, a lot of eggs. You got to look at, you know, am I eating too much of that and bringing in then more fibers, you know, lighter foods. And also there's certain foods like pears and parsnips, seaweeds, lemons, limes, turmeric, you know, chlorophyll rich foods like parsley, kale, you know, watercress, alfalfa, collard greens. All of these are are fantastic to strengthen the energy in the liver, especially if it's a kind of an excessive type of, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like you're, you're flame inflamed and more of kind of that heat in the liver. And then also some of these bitter foods, you know, like romaine lettuce, asparagus, radish leaves, you know, amaranth, quinoa are fantastic. And looking at herbs like dandelion, milk thistle, Bupleurium, organ grape, gentian. I love gentian because it really kind of, it's these bitters that, that stimulates this. It's kind of like a muscle workout for the liver and for the gallbladder and also uh, all the other digestive organs as well. But it, it really helps to kind of relieve that stress and, and open the flow through the liver so it's not that congested. So those are some good things to start with. And obviously, you can also introduce things like coffee enemas. I love coffee enemas. I, I don't know how many patients that have turned around the most difficult situations by supporting the liver through regular coffee enemas. You can also do like casserole packs over the liver just to calm down the inflammation over the liver. So these are good things to look at when you are having done a patient or yourself that are waking up then during those liver hours. Yeah, I love this. I really love the approach of looking at sleep from a integrative holistic method, right? Because it's not just, oh, you're having trouble sleeping. Well, look, let's look at your adrenals, which we can talk about. Let's look at your cortisol levels. But beyond that, like if person's consistently waking up at a time when one of these organs is, is activated or should be activated or should be doing their thing, right? Liver cleansing and all that. Then I love the approach of saying, you know, probably people look at you like you're a little bit strange when you say, oh, you're having trouble sleeping. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to eat a big salad with all these things in it. Or I want, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I just told you I'm having trouble sleeping. Aren't you going to give me like something that's a sleep herb? And you're like, well, maybe, but let's just address what's really 
underlying this? I mean, that's assuming that the timings are consistent. What about folks who are, you know, sometimes waking up at two and sometimes four and sometimes one? Yes, obviously, then you, you want to look at what's going on emotionally with that individual. You, you want to look sometimes you have underlying depression, underlying anxiety, you know, underlying stressors that you want to take a look at and bringing in then therapies like meditation, 10 minute meditation is, is just a powerful tool to do before going to bed. And because that just helps to calm the system down and create that space where you don't have to resolve anything and where the the brain doesn't have to be active so you can create then a relaxing set point before going to bed but then also you you do uh, like you mentioned the adrenals blood sugar yeah which are common things that you look at so then maybe if the individuals dealing with a lot of stress and they're not able to hold the blood sugar through the whole night yeah, then obviously the the body's going to try to wake that individual up to say hey you need some food because right now the blood sugar is too low and, and this is not good for you. So then looking at then some complex carbohydrates, maybe for going to bed, can be really helpful at that time. So obviously, if there are certain times that is exact, you know, then you want to look at the organ. But if it is a little bit jumping around a little bit, then you want to look at other factors as well. Right, right. So going back to blood sugar, because you said the blood sugar will go down. And I always think if somebody has the blood sugar going down too low, it's unlikely because they have don't have enough food. It's generally because they had too much high carb food before bed, their blood sugar went up, their insulin levels went up, and then the insulin is causing that hypoglycemia, that reactive hypoglycemia, because there's just been too much insulin and there's insulin resistance. And so the sugars have been stored away, right? Stored away and now mm-hmm. blonk, it, plummet, it plummets really low. And that might be what wakes people up as well, right? Because that yeah, low ab- blood absolutely. sugar will cause a cortisol re- release. Mm-hmm. It's not so simple when we're looking at blood sugar. People say, oh, just eat this thing before bed, but that might be a Band-Aid solution, a temporary solution that gets in better sleep. But we really have to look at underlying that whole insulin glucose metabolic dysregulation. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, you, know, you look at the adrenals being the one that helps to hold the blood sugar level through the day or in, in between meals. So it does fall back on the adrenals. And uh, so it is such a key then to uh, develop lifestyle patterns and habits to feed the adrenals. And, and obviously, we can do a, a bunch of things you know, to support the adre- adrenals, you know, like licorice or cordyceps or rhodiola or ashwagandha and all these or the B vitamins or vitamin C or all these different things that are beneficial for the adrenals. But even supplements and even herbs, they become band-aids for poor lifestyle. Yeah. So you, you yeah. always need to look at the foundational lifestyle choices and see where you're at in your life. You know, are you happy? Are you living with purpose? All these things become the underlying factors that you have to look at. And then you can use nutrients and herbs and other tools to help you almost like pharmaceuticals in a way, but you know, less harmful. Uh, but they become a tool to help you get to a point while you then address the underlying factors. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Totally. And I think that, you know, in it's kind of summarizing where we've come so far is that it's really important for us to take a good history and really connect with people and not just say, oh, you're having trouble with sleep here, try this or try that. Because that's really just a Band-Aid. Even if it's an herbal, it's more like allopathic naturopathy or something like that, mm-hmm. really, because we're not, we have an allopathic mindset of, oh, what well, can we give this person? But really, it's going deeper and solving those deeper issues. So I think part of that history needs to be, what time are you waking up? Is it consistent? And a lot of people don't even know. So I often will say to them, okay, go ahead and keep a diary for the next four or five days. And just, you know, when you wake up, keep either a mental diary or keep a piece of paper by your bed and write it down so that we get an idea. Is it some sort of organ dysfunction that's happening? But also, what is your stress level in your life? How are things happening? What are you doing right before you go to bed? Are you doing stimulating things? Are you watching movies that are cops and robber movies and you're stimulated before you go to bed? So there's just so much that we can do. And as functional and integrative practitioners, we have that as our a part of our toolkit that's not so much where conventional Western medicine goes. It's just there's 10-minute visits. You don't have the time. And I'm just a really big fan that we really need to get to know people to understand all the underlying imbalances and dysfunctions so that we can support them and not just hand them some valerian or melatonin and hope for the best. I couldn't agree more. And 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 I see that in, in in my profession. Yeah, we try to emulate the the medical scientific based type of model where it's you know this this disease that drug and then you test something in isolation and you see the effect of that you know instead of looking at everything as a whole and that is the that is when you drop at the functional medicine that's where it needs to be not just kind of dispense herbs instead of pharmaceuticals uh, to yes it's less harmful but we're still not solving the issue not really solving the issue. And then people stay in that mentality, which I think is harmful, that mindset of always looking for the quick fix solution. Oh, I don't want to take pharmaceuticals anymore. So what herb do you have for me? Or what nutrient do you have for me? As opposed to, you know, how are you going to help me and empower me to become my best self and create a diet and lifestyle that supports optimal sleep and optimal function, right? So I want to come back back around because we all like to hear about herbal and nutritional support. And you've already mentioned some to support the liver, but what are some of your favorite ways to help people get a good night's sleep? Well, I mean, so if you are then going to do this supplement, (laughs) that, that disease, so I love, obviously magnesium is, is a lot of us are deficient in magnesium. So that is, that is fantastic. I love using 5-HTP. I love also trying the uh, L-tryptophan, obviously melatonin, but melatonin only works if individuals are deficient in melatonin. And it tends to be as we get older, we tend to become more deficient. Younger people, we don't tend to be as deficient with it. Valerian is this interesting because I that's one of the herbs that I used a lot in my earlier days of practice, you know, valerian, skullcap, passion flower, hops, those type of herbs. And it doesn't seem to be working as well now for whatever reason. So I'm I'm wondering if it's just the level of stressors, all the 5Gs and EMF and things that are just stimulating our brains yeah. and all the you know more level of chemicals. 
but then also what is important is to reduce inflammation in the brain. So then bringing in things like turmeric or ginger or frankincense or basvalia, another name for it, can be really helpful as well in combination with you know things like 5-HTP or magnesium. And so those are just some common things. Uh, and some people also deal with, you know, they wake up because of restless leg. And then, you know, frequently that's connected with maybe there's a little bit of an iron deficiency there. Uh, or if you're dealing with like muscle cramps and obviously magnesium is very helpful or electrolytes, you want to make sure that the person is hydrated and have electrolytes but also bringing in things like vitamin E and, and ginkgo biloba or and niacin or niacinamide you know, to help with the circulation to bring oxygen to the muscles so that when we are sleeping and the energy production is reduced that the muscles aren't starting to spasm. So those are just some kind of a good general tips to, to do. Yeah. And it's the way you explain that is all, it's a more of a holistic approach than just here's here, knock you out with some valerian. And it's interesting what you're saying about it not working as well. What I find is that I have people who have the paradoxical response to valerian. They take valerian and they're up all night. And I've heard that with lots of things. As somebody who's having trouble with sleep, she said, oh, I've tried everything. 5-HTP made me stay up all night and this or that. And they were like paradoxical responses to it. But the stress is so, so important to get to the heart of, the stress and the diet. And I love this whole discussion of looking at the time clocks. And it, it makes me recall a situation back like 20-something years ago. Well, it was 2001. And there was a particular point in my life, my only ever time to have bronchitis and to be sick. I don't think I've been sick since then. And I was waking up every night and I couldn't understand it till I started researching it more between I'd wake up at three o'clock and I would just wake up and cough and cough and cough. And then I'd fall soundly asleep at five. And then I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> it totally follows the, the Chinese medicine clock, right? It's my lungs. No wonder. And it was like, no matter what, it was always then. And then it was like, I slept like a baby. I stopped coughing and slept like a baby after that. So it, it really does play out. And we just have to take the time to ask people. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. And yeah. just for, for the listeners, when you deal with lungs, I mean, you, you do want to, I mean, you, obviously, that's where you process a lot of sadness and grief. And then a lot of times overeating you know, tends to play a huge role. But then avoid mucus forming foods you know, at, at that time. Yeah. And you can bring in things like ginger, horseradish, garlic, things that helps to kind of break up mm -hmm. a lot of the mucus. Yeah. So, but again, look at kind of what, what emotions may I be holding? What am I not able to process? And that can then make your lungs a little bit weaker than they need to be. Yeah, it's really helpful. I really find that helpful. And knowing to ask the questions, figure out the timing, and then work on supporting that particular area through food, through emotions, and through general lifestyle that makes sense and mucolytic and kind of proper substances if needed. So I know you talk a lot and you're doing actually doing a summit, I hear, on regenerative medicine. So I'd love to hear you talk about what is regenerative medicine and how does that how does that fit in with the whole sleep process? Yeah, so the, the sleep, obviously, for the body to be able to regenerate, you, you need appropriate sleep. And like I mentioned, the 
uh, two hormones that are secreted while you're sleeping. Uh, one is melatonin, and the other one is the human growth hormone, in addition to a lot of, lot of other hormones as well. But that is the, the melatonin is like the, the most powerful detoxifier that we have of the brain. You know, so if, if that one, and you can take oral melatonin, but it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier very well. So it's more the melatonin that's produced in the pineal gland that helps with that detoxification of heavy metals, chemicals, also powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory of the brain. So to keep our brain for as long as possible. So sleep it becomes huge for regenerative medicine. And also the growth hormone is, is what repairs our body while we're sleeping, our muscles, tendons, ligaments. It's what the calories for that repair is what helps us to burn fat to keep us slim. So we really want to keep that human growth hormone as active mm -hmm. as possible you know, while we're sleeping. So that's why sleep becomes so important. Regenerative medicine, I, I'm in love with just because that is where we are taking appropriate steps to prevent things from happening. It's that that's when we're looking at our lifestyle and what we can do in order to be able to not have to deal with cancer when it knocks on the door or deal with autoimmune you know, when that shows up. So it is great to try to address and support your body as soon as possible. So I have just a long list of, of powerful speakers that will be during the regenerative medicine and will be in the middle of January. So I really urge you to I'm not sure if we can have a link associated yeah, with we'll this Yeah, we'll put a link in the show people... notes for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show Perfect. notes. Perfect. And, and that way people can just click on it and then see what's being uh, spoken about, the speakers. And we have leaders, I mean, literally, that leaders like Dr. Rita Marie herself that are internationally known in their, their field talking about oxygen, ozone, hydrogen, food, how to arrange your living space, how to... Uh, about sleep, circadian rhythms, hormones, peptides, stem cells. I mean, it's just incredible what's going to be offered and spoken about. So really excited for everyone. Just take a look at the link and, uh, and, and join us. Yeah, that would be great. And I think about it, I just realized in looking at the word, I'm like, wouldn't we want to be regenerating as we age rather than degenerating? And that's what we see such an abundance of in such a epidemic, I'll call it epidemic. I know it's not appropriate to use epidemic unless it's infectious, but it kind of is infectious because it's infectious from the style, the lifestyle. But think about that, right? As we want to regenerate as we age rather than degenerate because the degenerative diseases are killing people left and right. And personally, I don't want to go down that path. I want to learn everything I can and do everything I can to regenerate. And I want to teach my patients and my clients how to regenerate. So any last parting words of wisdom for our practitioner audience as they're working with people who are struggling with sleep issues? I would just reiterate, because uh, I've, I've been in yourself, I've been in clinical practice since 87, and we tend to fall into these kind of easy patterns of just throwing something at a patient and see if it sticks. And not even if we are functional or naturopathic, we don't take the appropriate time to really look deeply at what's going on. So I really would urge you know, to, to kind of develop a system that you kind of check and see what are some of the factors that can impact that and, and make sure that I address that with the patient. 
and and also you know, obviously you know with detoxification which a lot of that takes place at night yeah you know, the best type of detoxification is a detoxin that you're never exposed to yeah you know, so really mm-hmm. look at what's going on in in the household of that individual to make sure you know because a lot of these chemicals are stimulating and they are uh, neuro agitators i mean they make yeah. the nerves in the brain uh, just just kind of fire repeatedly and very fast so you, you want to make sure you eliminate that exposure and support that elimination for your patients yeah great great way to wrap it all up and yeah reduce the toxic load is the first step we don't want to take all the fancy detox powders and all the herbs and stuff if you're still throwing fuel onto the fire every day so thank you so very much for being here with us today we've been talking to dr michael carlfeld about sleep and some unique approaches to sleep based on the chinese medicine clocks i think is so so valuable so thank you for listening we have a free guide at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash sleep with resources and valuable information to help you to help your clients get a better sleep. And as you know, I believe that the more you guys master the art and you guys is a New York expression. So don't take that as offense to you women out there because that's, I'm from New York. That's what we say. Everybody is you guys. The more instead you master all, all, the art. All y'all. Instead of y'all, because I, I live in Texas, right? I would say you all or you guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> One or I the other. <laughs> that the more you master the art of, it's an art, right? Of teaching and empowering patients and clients to use the power of nutrition and lifestyle to achieve their health and wellness goals, the more fulfilled you're going to feel because you know that you're making a real difference in these people's lives and you're helping them to really restore their health and your practice as a result is going to thrive. So that's what I think we're here for is to help people, but also to support ourselves so we don't need day jobs while we're doing it. So download the guide at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash sleep and sign up for the regenerative medicine in the link is in the show notes. And until next time, shine on. Thank you for listening to the reinvent healthcare podcast. Join the movement of practitioners that are guiding people to actually get well rather than covering up their symptoms. Connect with us at reinventhealthcare.com to access resources and tools that will empower you to create a thriving health practice.